On today's episode of the Drive-In Podcast, we have our review of Candyman. We have the Express Checkup with Dr. O. We have a little trailer roundup, and then we have our top billing draft of gas station food. So use the bathroom now, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the 52nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 52, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We got a jam-packed show for y'all. Boys, great to see ya. We got the outdoor venue for the YouTube today. A little pool action in the background. Nez, Flex, what are we watching right now? Let's start with you, Nez. Almost, I'm almost there, guys. I'm almost there. Started the final. So I guess season six of The Sopranos is cut into basically two seasons of their own. I'm in the. Uh, I'm, I just finished that first episode of that last half of that season. I'm almost there. I'm excited. I've been binging. I don't know what else to say. It's just uh, everything's coming to a head. You see the finish line right in front of you. You see it yeah. right there, and yeah. I, I can't wait to get your reaction uh, of the ending. So the uh, thing I, is, I've seen the ending because I looked at it on YouTube because like way back before I'd seen it because people were talking about how bad the Game of Thrones ending was. And I had heard that the Sopranos ending was bad. So I wanted to like get some sort of relief that it's not only them. And I, I don't get it. It's just, I guess it's the fact that you don't know how it really ends is the, is the issue there, but I don't know any of the context. So it's still kind of, you know, it's still Good. a mystery to me. Good. What, what, what's a worse like TV show moment? Like I know Nez probably can't answer this fully because he hasn't finished the Sopranos. Is it brand becoming being named King? Or is it the end of The Sopranos? Ricky Flick. No, it's – oh, sorry. I, oh. I could just name the worst. It's not even it, – that's not even the worst in Game of Thrones. Wait, like the which aspect is, of Game of Thrones? <laughs> da- Daenerys just like burning down King's Landing. That was just like a what – like that's when the series was really over. It was just like what just happened. I, just because there's not enough to back it up. Yeah, like there was like a sense that Daenerys could turn. Like people like really complained like the last season. It was like almost way too quick. It was, the build up wasn't really there. They yeah. and then Brand, but I, I feel like Brand wasn't as like at least Daenerys was like a like like she was liked by a lot of fans. And then also it was pretty cool to watch her burn down King's Landing. Brand just had no likability to him whatsoever. So I think that's what pissed people off. Yeah, like, so I think severely. I think the worst part of Game of Thrones wasn't that I think it was. A couple episodes before because they just rushed the white walkers through they've been they've been building oh, up yeah. the white walkers for how many seasons and then they just say oh a couple episodes and we're done here it should have been one season dedicated to the white walkers and one season dedicated to king's landing and who's going to battle for the throne they rushed Arya. everything and we don't need to get into it because i know this would just turn into a game of thrones uh rant Arya just had to walk off like jordan game six <laughs> and some people <laughs> they just had the white walkers exactly. win screw it I, yeah. it's kind of interesting because I think the ending of Sopranos people have like grown like it's not as hated as it once was I know exactly when it happened in the moment right when it first aired people thought literally literally it cut to black they thought their cable went out and so they were so frustrated by it I think with the explanations from like David Chase and other Sopranos like writers they kind of like tried to and they did a pretty good job of like defending its case uh, but 
Game of Thrones. That's way down the line. I don't think Benioff and Weiss are coming back anytime soon. Their careers the are like, or their careers have gone downhill. No more Star Wars. Like, what are they? Right. Like, their careers are like, I don't know. They're on a, a standby. They're on life alert. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. Uh, and right before we get to the checkup, guys, like Ricky Flick sent me a tweet. Um, something that we needed to put on the checkup. It was news that came right before we started recording. Dennis Rodman is getting a movie, boys. We're getting a Dennis Rodman movie. And I don't know if there's another NBA player, like, more well-suited, like, to have their own movie in terms of, like, the like the uh, the wild card factor that it could be involved, like, the untold stories, the almost over-exaggeration that could be possible with a movie on Dennis Rodman. Who do you guys want to play, uh, play, play the uh, former NBA player? For Rodman? Yeah, who would play oh. Dennis Rodman? KG. <laughs> KG. <laughs> no way. Uh, Coming off uncut gems. You know what I was thinking? Um, we, we were doing Candyman today. Like, yeah, yeah. He's got some pretty good range. Maybe he yeah, throws, yeah. It, throws hat He's in the tall. ring. For, He's, He's tall. a big guy, too. Yeah. There's always Scarlett Johansson. Oh. <laughs> Christian Bale. Christian Bale always. <laughs> no, I think the joke is always Scarlett Johansson because what, what did they, they – she was going to play or something? It was something ridiculous. Uh, she well, she she got she got a, they, a she had accused of whitewashing for uh was it Ghost in the Shell? Remember that? Mm, but there was something I, else I know well, what you're talking about. Yeah, I, there, there was something on Twitter. It's a movie Twitter thing where they people will cast Scarlett Johansson as anything. Hmm. Well, I like, honestly, a, yeah, I have a real one. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors. Ooh, ooh, Jonathan Majors. I, I like that. I think that would be a good one. That was the Perspire's portfolio, right now, hot in the streets. I think that would be a good one. He's great in Loki. Uh, he's like, he almost he has that like wild card factor, I guess, and he can act a little wacky, just like Robin yep. acted a bit wacky. But I think a that's bit. gonna be absolute gold. Um, but I think it's time we get to the checkup because uh, this this is on the docket anyway. What do you boys say? Let's do it. Send it. Let's check the audiences up. One more moment, Doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is The Checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. Eddie Murphy has been cast alongside Jonah Hill in Kenya Barris' untitled comedy for Netflix. The film is described as an examination of how clashing cultures, societal expectations, and generational differences shape and affect relationships. Interessante, next up on The Checkup. Jungle Cruise sequel is officially in the works with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Emily Blunt sent to, set to reprise their roles. Yeah, no doubt this is coming. Next up on the checkup, a new Expendables movie is in the works with Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone set to reprise their roles. 50 Cent, Megan Fox, and Tony Ja are also set to join the cast. Whoa. Next up, we have some romantic comedy news here. Chris Evans and ScarJo have been cast in Ghosted. Right, the upcoming romantic action adventure. The film will be directed by Dexter Fletcher and released on Apple TV. Next up, some sad news here. Ed Asner, known for his roles in Lou Grant, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Elf, and Up, has sadly passed away at the age of 91. R.I.P. to a legend. Next up, Marvel Studios is searching for a Latino actor to lead an untitled Disney Plus Halloween special seemingly based on Werewolf by Night which will begin filming in early 2022. we got some more Disney news here. Barry Jenkins' The Lion King prequel has cast Aaron Pierre as a young Mufasa, Kelvin Harrison Jr. as Taka, 
rumored to be a young Scar, the film will explore Mufasa's origin story and the mythology of the Lion King's world. Next up, as mentioned before, Lionsgate is developing a film on Dennis Rodman. The story follows his wild Vegas trip in the middle of the 1998 NBA Finals. Phil Lord and Chris Miller will produce. Lastly, on the checkup, we have Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke, a dynamic duo. Uh, They've been cast in Raymond and Ray for Apple TV. The film follows two half-brothers who reunite at the funeral of their father. It's going to be directed by Rodrigo Garcia and produced by Alfonso Cuaron. That does it for a massive docket once again for the drive-in this week. Ricky Flicks, which headline captures your attention most of you. Ewan McGregor, Ethan Hawke, they look so much alike. This is perfect. I love this. I know it's Apple TV Plus. I'm not the biggest Apple TV Plus fan besides Ted Lasso. Shout out Ted Lasso, season two out now. But this is awesome. Afaza Karan, Oscar winning, uh, Oscar winner. And like the, he's producing this. He's going to have his touches on it. And Ethan Hawke, he's hot on the streets right now, going to be in Moon Knight. I love this. This is the one that might not be the most eye popping, but this is m- my favorite personally on this checkup. They do look like brothers. They do look like the hair. Brothers. They're almost identical. They I both didn't even have recognize great hair. that when I read it. Great point. And Alfonso Cuaron, Gravity, right? When's yep, the last gravity. time Cuaron did something of well, he won, notice? Well, he won Best Director for Roma. Oh, you're right. That was Cuaron. Yep. Yeah. Great point. And, Ricky, uh, well done. He, and that got cinematography too, I believe. Um, and Gravity, yeah. You're right. So he's he's got, he's coming back. It's been like three years now since like 2018 Roma. So it's he's due. I know he's only producing here, so maybe this is going to be just something uh, to sprinkle on the resume before his next next big project. Yeah, at Apple TV, I, I know like they're looking to garner a little more acclaim because they don't have, I guess, the uh, the attractiveness of a Netflix, of a Hulu, or at least not even like not yet. I would say yes, it has the Apple brand, but they haven't really made the projects that deserve that deserve notable recognition. So you're pumped that you get Quaron and you get this dynamic duo. And we also have another dynamic duo on this checkup. We have Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy combining for a film. Nez, any thoughts on the, the, uh, this pairing? Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. I mean, that's going to be comedic gold. Are you kidding me? It's a comedy, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be hilarious. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, and I love to see how Jonah Hill bounces off such great actors. Like, we've yeah. seen what he's done, let's say, with Moneyball next to Brad Pitt, Wolf of Wall Street next to Leo, Yona Maniac when he's next to Emma Stone. He does great when he has a strong lead op- like uh, alongside him or opposite him, however you want to, like, uh, I guess, phrase that. So I'm pumped. Like, Jonah Hill, like, he's kind of moving into this next phase of his career. Yes, he started off in all these comedies. He started in, like, the Judd Apatow stuff. Now he's progressed. He's become, become an Oscar winner. He's been a Sorkin movie, obviously, with Moneyball. Moves on to Scorsese. Now he's directing, like, mid-'90s and now – or producing. And now he's finally sure. moving on to, like, I guess more, like uh, – He's getting a little crazy. Like he's he's being a little bit more dangerous. Like he's taking risks. But like because you're going, you're teaming up with Eddie Murphy, who is starting like to trying to make a comeback right now. He's got Beverly Hills Cop Four coming. He just had uh, uh, Dolomite is my name. So I'm intrigued by this big time. Just like that pairing is so unexpected. You have the massive age difference. Could be cool. Yeah, massive massive age difference. So nothing like 21, 22 Jump Street with Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill's chemistry is going to be something unique and different. So I like that coming out of Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Like, is this going to be a renaissance coming back? I don't or I don't know how you would say Murphysance, Eddie Sance. <laughs> like I know we had the uh, Keanu Sance. It's kind of easier. The Axel Sance. The Axel Sance. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll say this last point. Eddie Murphy here coming to America was trash. 
as in the second one coming to America. But hey, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna look past that. Go back to Dolomite is my name because I love that movie. That was a great Netflix movie and a great start for him on his trail back to this. Great point. We also got to talk about my boy coming back. How about the Stathosans? <laughs> oh I, yeah, I genuinely was upset when I read this. I was. Upset. We have the Expendables coming again. I was upset. Why? Just well, you could ask why is... they made the second and third one. No, <laughs> it's but, like no, but listen to this. So box office, we don't know when those numbers will get back to their normal self, if ever. So why make this mm-hmm. if it's not a guarantee? This yeah, almost... it's a box office movie, definitely. Yeah, you, you go to see this in theaters once and never watch it again. Yep. And you might not have to go see it in theaters, and you're definitely not going to watch it on HBO Max or whatever. Uh, I don't know what the outlet is, studio is, but. I don't know. I just, I'm not going to watch it unless it's in theaters. And if it's going to be pandemic, like, I don't know. Do you think like, even if like the theaters rebounded a little bit, you have a lot of aging action stars here. Yes. You had expendables, but that was literally back in 06 when the first one came out. Ridiculous. We have expendables four coming in. Like, okay, this movie's probably releasing in 2023, right. Of 2022, late 2022 at earliest. So it's like, even if the box office rebounds, are will this actually do numbers? Do you think just because of the names, like the Jason yeah. Statham, the Dolph Lundgren, the, uh, the Sylvester Stallone, like huge names. Like, I guess Dolph Lundgren doesn't really deserve to be thrown in with the rest of yeah. those. But it's uh, I don't think it would do big numbers anyway. It's, it seems you think? Because, like, like, the superhero numbers, I, I think, just dwarf anything that comes, even tries to compete. Fast and Furious? It's, yeah, I was going to say Fast and Furious. This is like low-tier Fast and Furious, though. This isn't like that recognizable of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has these names, but, dude, who's saying like, yeah, let's go, so let's turn on Expendables 2, Expendables 3. No one's saying that ever, ever. Maybe you'll catch on Spike TV, but that's it. Spike even still around? I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that's I think the last time I saw Expendables. I think isn't it's like a Bravo? bonus channel that you have to get. No, no, that was, that was Wii. I think, oh, that's right. To Bravo. Okay, okay, okay. Wait, so this is the fifth one? I think it's the fourth. It's the fourth. I tell you. Okay, so like, okay, so the fourth. Fifty cent though. Right, right. I can right. tell you what it is though. It's the state of science. <laughs> but just going back to the box office real quick. So the first one made two hundred seventy-five million worldwide. That's good. Second one three fifteen. Third wow. one two fifteen. You think it's so, gonna beat two fifteen? Yes. Yes. You do. It's been a while. The last movie was twenty fourteen. It's been a while since they were on screen together. I think it will uh, worldwide. It, like Fast and Furious worldwide, I think uh, made a billion or just under. This long oh, Fast Nine, I should say. So you think this long break is going to actually benefit like the box office there? Like where like you have like the last Expendables coming like literally again ten years ago. Again, barring pandemic, like I'm guessing this movie action movie they have to set like budget's got to be got to come out production. It's going to take a while. Hopefully, pandemic's done by uh, gone by then. Then yeah, I think it's going to obliterate the two fifteen as long pandemic bar- barring. They should just make it like Civil War style and they all just fight each other. Yes. I am so down. I, I will be down for that. Let's just recast the entire Mortal Kombat movie and put all these characters in it. <laughs> Who would watch that? Talk about talk numbers. Them. Talk about numbers. Still the highest. There's going to be a sequel, right? Max. Mortal Kombat. There's got to be, right? It's, it's, right the most, yeah. Yeah, it's the most successful movie on HBO Max. Yeah, by far and away. By over like a million uh, views. It's more insane. people viewed that than the Suicide Squad, which I, th- I found a little bit shocking. Yeah. Wait, e- even more than the Snyder Cut? No yeah, way. Yeah, I have a theory on that. The Snyder think- Cut actually was behind Wonder Woman 1984, according to HBO Max's yeah. numbers. So my theory on this. So first off, Snyder Cut came out on the tinfoil uh, hat in March or April. I forget exactly what it was. 
but it came obviously Wonder Woman 1984 came out Christmas Eve, Christmas Day of 2020. How could that do better? And then Snyder Cut comes out and it crashes HBO Max. How is that possible? That's not that's not possible. Then if we look forward, Snyder Cut was literally led by us, audience and viewers and on social media pushing this uh, agenda. And you're telling me they would have made this without the guarantee this is going to be the highest earning HBO or highest uh, viewed HBO Max uh, uh, film? No, it had to be a guarantee. They would not have greenlit this and gave it an extra, what was it, $30, $30 million of budget to reshoot? There's more. no possible way this isn't number one by far and away. It literally crashed the system. Then Wonder Woman 1984 would have crashed the system. It's just known opening box office. It's just the same thing going to a theater. You're going to watch it the first weekend if you're streaming it. Like, there's just no possible way it's not number one, at least not beating Wonder Woman 1984. It's yeah, just it's no possible way. It's interesting that Wonder Woman 1984 had better numbers, but one of them actually crashed HBO Max. Right. So you have to wonder if, if maybe it was part of the crash, or maybe HBO doesn't want to be bothered anymore, and they don't want yeah. people right. clamoring for number two, saying just citing Good the point. number, saying it's not worth our time. Right, and, and you I, would think, and you would think that HBO Max, the technology behind it and logistics, it would be a better streaming service three to four months later than when one of came out, so it would be able to right. withstand uh, so many people watching it. It doesn't yeah, make right. sense. Like, if anything was going to crash, it would be Christmas Day streaming movie. You're putting on a blockbuster. Yep. That's when it would happen. And it's almost like they use it, the, the fact that they were a newer streaming service as a crutch to, like, hide the, the cider cut numbers. And as Nez said, like, Warner Brothers, like, they don't want this. They, they want to, like, get the streaming numbers, boost up HBO Max, put it into, like, that next, uh, that next level because it wasn't being reviewed as a great streaming service at the time. It's just they don't want to keep putting money and they don't want Zack Snyder around anymore. They just flat out don't like him. But I, I kind of like this conspiracy theory. I kind of do. Or it might just be, like, the loud with the few, you know? It's just like like mm, the internet. Yes, they push it through it. It's it, it's. It, I mean, that the hashtags do keep on coming, but is it just like the same people that keep saying it over and over? To, like restore the Snyderverse. I, I think I think that's a great point, but I think it goes back to when they greenlit this greenlit this project during a pandemic. They would, in their projections, it would have it should be a guarantee. They would not have greenlit this if it wasn't a guarantee. It would have beaten one one nineteen eighty four. It's just there's no possible way they would have greenlit the project and given Zack Snyder more money to reshoot and bring back Ben Affleck, bring back Joe Maginello and other actors to do reshooting. It's no possible way. Yeah, I I agree, man. And then uh, to wrap up this checkup here, uh, I want to talk. Let's just make this the the duo checkup. Let's just go on to Chris Evans and ScarJo. Like combining once again, following their strong chemistry in Marvel Studio at Marvel Studios, they're now making this romantic action adventure comedy type of movie. I love this pairing. They're great in a serious type of setting, but they know how to pull, uh, pull that comic relief kind of out of nowhere, which gives me confidence that, like, even though this might not have the same darker tone of like a Winter Soldier, it could still be really special. And Scarlett Johansson, like, arguably like the greatest, act, the, one of the, the great young, one of the great young actresses going right now. And Chris Evans, he's mm-hmm. been on a hot streak right now uh, uh, as well, coming out with the Gray Man, coming off Knives Out. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be uh, something I'm looking forward to. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. You saw their chemistry in Winter Soldier. At, at moments in Winter Soldier, I just wanted them to be together, not Peggy Carter and Chris and uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers. And they had such good chemistry together, and you you could feel that tension a little out? bit. 
and they do make out. Yes. But I did, I did like their chemistry. So I like this and kind of just spin this a different way. Apple TV plus another duo, Ethan, the Ethan Hawke movie and Ewan McGregor uh, movie that we commented on earlier on Apple plus TV plus. So they're trying to build up their, their portfolio here. And then last thing is Dexter Fletcher. Interesting name for this. Like, what has he done? He's done Eddie, the Eagle, you know, Hugh Jackman, uh, uh, Taron Egerton movie. Did Rocket Man a musical with Taron Egerton as Elton John? And he's doing, I know he's doing uh, Sherlock Holmes 3 with like Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Jude he took Law. over Bohemian Rhapsody too for Brian Singer. Remember that? He produced it, right? Well, yeah, but Brian Singer had to leave, remember? Oh, okay, okay. But he didn't get a director credit. No, no, he got no, no, no. So he's just a huge part of that movie as well. Right. So, like, it's just interesting. It's kind of different than what he's been used to a little bit, either musical wise or like action wise. So it's going to be interesting coming from him and it's going to be on Apple TV plus. So just want to say that. Nez, any thoughts on the duo? Electric. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Before let's let's wrap up the checkup. And I also, uh, I want to go to the trailer roundup because we had some, we had the most unfortunate timing of all time uh, for our last episode during our recording. We finished recording on Monday, and then the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped literally 15 minutes after we were done. It was I, I, I was completely heartbroken. Ricky Flex has a, tra- uh, a trailer reaction in the archives that we will have to have surfaced. No, it's released. Point. Oh, it is. It's, it was on it's, last it's a it's a post it's a post credit scene in uh, next in the last episode. Oh, a post credit, our first ever. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Just, just a quick minute of your thoughts, summing it all up. Gotcha. But I'd love to discuss it. Yeah, Ooh. big time. We got it. We, uh, yeah, so let's just start there. First trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home coming out December 17th. I mean, this had it all. If you were, uh, it lived up to a lot of the rumors that were going around. A lot of villains appearing that were appeared in previous Spider-Man iterations. No sign of Maguire and Garfield as uh, Spider-Man, but... We have Holland back, Zendaya back. We even have Doctor Strange and a major p- part for this movie. A Huge part. Tony Stark yeah, and Homecoming. Very, very, very uh, similar. Important seems like a co-lead. Yeah. So I guess yeah. we start there. Why don't we start there? Doctor Strange, like heavily featured in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Flix, like I know you talked about your uh, reaction there. Well, I want to build upon your thoughts. I don't want to take too much because I know you guys have thoughts. I won't take everything here. So I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. First, Doctor Strange. I feel like he's going to be a co-lead for like the first act of the movie, maybe. Like really the same amount of screen time as Tom Holland almost. Really trying to like really that chemistry that you saw in Infinity War is going to come back and even more so here. Now, getting to the even more interesting parts here. Sinister Six. Looks like it's happening. Looks like it's going to happen. You saw the Electro, uh, different color. Now you got the original yellow. So I like that. Change that up for Jamie Foxx. And you got the other more uh, Morbius, a little Morbius action there. Doc Ock, obviously, at the end. Wow, that was electric. You don't know which Peter he's talking to. It has to be Toby. But obviously, they're not going to show us Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield in this trailer. It's just so early, too soon. If they, I hope they don't show it in any trailer. I hope they don't. And it's just surprising when you first see it. And then my last up, where I'll throw, chuck it back to you, Murdoch. Daredevil's got to be in this. He has to be. He has to be. Like, he has to be his lawyer. Do you think that was him? I kind of don't. Yes. Yes. You think it is? Yes. Do you think it's Charlie Cox? It has to be Charlie Cox, too, right? 
I mean, yeah. He, I hope he so. said they, there was rumors that he was on set. Or Ben Affleck. That would <laughs> be insane. He Better was look, that that guy who was playing him was looking a little hefty. I was thinking it could be Affleck more so than Charlie. No, Cox. no way, no way. But that would be really cool. You know, Daredevil was my that's like my favorite superhero. Like I that those are the comics that I, used I remember to back in the day, the old Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. I remember oh. we talked about this when we talked about worst superhero movies. Like we did that that top yeah. billing. <laughs> yeah, Daredevil's yeah. my goat. That's that's my favorite. I don't know why. Mm. Such I a also character. used to think the movie was, was the best. Like Daredevil but, has his edge to him. He's badass. He's like Batman for Marvel. And like, yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He, he is darker. He, he has a traumatic experience to happen as a child. He's blind mm. and he's still kicking ass. He's got a great like main antagonist and Kingpin. Like hopefully mm-hmm. maybe Kingpin sometime, so somehow mm. enters the fold here after appearing that, in Daredevil. So, oof. I mean, maybe he's I leading like, the sinister stick behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. We're getting crazy <laughs> now with the conspiracy, uh, the rumors. I think here. The, the fact that I think the Spider-Man three, the people are complaining like, "Oh, this will have too many villains." But like the difference between this and like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man three, we want all these villains because it's time that we us. had a Sinister Six movie. Throw like, them at have, us. So the thing is, who's going to be the last one? Because I believe you can count five potential in the trailer with Green Goblin, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Octopus, Electro. Sandman, that's four. Morbius. I think I don't. I don't. Where did you see the Morbius? The the black Dracula. smoke. That's like the. Isn't that the Morbius? Like because you know, dra- uh, really. Vampire. I think full yeah. Vulture will be in it probably. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man yeah. Homecoming, but I think the last one's kind of up for grabs. Maybe Mysterio comes back and he's the sixth guy. Oh yeah, that's a good theory too. I don't know. I thought that black smoke was a Morbius sign. Yeah, I thought I that was. Right. I think I read that Morbius is. In yeah. It. I, that's what I thought. I think, I think so. I'm not sure if I said that in my roundup here. I think with the roundup, I was also like, obviously that was, oh, sorry. It was like a live reaction. The live reaction, I should say, excuse me. I was just so caught up. The, the comic book style captions threw me off, mm. threw me off the entire time. I was like, what are we doing here? I'd rather just see the sick. Like, I want to focus on these theories. I want to see what's going on. I didn't like that as much. It was in the middle of the screen. It was ridiculous. I, <laughs> I, I come on. But then again, like whatever. And again, I'll say, or not again, but I'll say this too. Remember when the stills came out and the title of the movie came out and you had the still of Ned, uh, Tom Holland, and Zendaya in like a basement or something? Not shown in this. And Doctor Strange allegedly wipes out everyone from uh, everyone knowing that Tom Holland Sp- or Peter Parker is Spider-Man. So be interesting to see when that scene comes, if it's going to be a vital scene. Okay, so you're talking about like timeline of the movie, how it's right because you're gonna incorporate the Sinister Six, you're incorporate all these different Spider Men, Doctor Strange. When's that scene gonna come? And when they gonna find out he's Spider Man again? That's gonna take up a a huge chunk of the movie. If you think Morbius is in this movie, and let's say um, Vulture is in this movie, Mm -hmm. both confirmed to be in the Sony Spider Man universe, do you think that MCU is doing this to officially mark the Sony Spider Man movies as canon? Yes, and they're, they no, said they're exactly. Not, they're not pushing Venom until after twenty twenty uh, until twenty twenty two. They're not doing that. All as right, was rumored. Why Spider Man No Way Home comes out December Christmas, so, right? Okay, so my theory is that they're going to do this movie because right now MCU Phase Four is all about the multiverse. Just Loki just came out. WandaVision, like it's all about the multiverse right now. So this movie's going to just hit its peak with the multiverse and really catapult Phase Four. Spider Man Three. We'll have him go against Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom. That's my prediction. Or Spider-Man wow. Four, sorry, excuse me. 
Spider-Man 4. It's going to be them, those two going at it. So Venom's technically a trilogy. In the adopt- Yeah. Yep. 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 So that's my theory on that. And uh, I just really want to talk about Doctor Strange. Like, he's taken on the Tony Stark role, just where, like, Homecoming left off. I think that's kind of counter to, like, Spider-Man Far From Home. He kind of – Spider-Man proved that he can be on his own. Like, he doesn't need mm. someone. Yet in Spider-Man 3, you see him uh, pairing up with Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, like, warning him, being like that uh, – that's that that moral compass for Tom Holland Spider-Man here too, and I also we can't ignore the drip of Doctor Strange in this trailer. He mm. looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he does look great. He's just so good. Like he looks exactly like the comic book Doctor Strange. It's insane. Benedict Cumberbatch just nails that. It's like looking in a mirror. And uh, I guess the uh, how we should wrap this up with the Spider-Man trailer. Who do you guys want to be like the main villain in this movie? Paul Giamatti's Rhino. Jesus. No, no, just joking. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin. Come on now. Very yeah, I'd cool. say the same. Have to. I don't. I don't know if he can still play it the same one. I don't know. He's older. It'd be sick though. He's Green good. Goblin's got to be in it though, right? You saw the little green thing falling. Arch nemesis. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, and it had me. A, I'm a little nervous too. Like Des brings up a good point. These guys haven't played these roles in 20 years. And like, mm. I I was I was convinced that like I was I was. My worries were put to rest a little bit when I saw Doc Ock go the hello, Peter. Like right at the end. <laughs> it was good. I was like, okay, that was for, like uh, that, give us that something to prove it. that you could still do it. He did it, right? And then there's 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 no way that's not Tobey Maguire because how would he recognize? Maybe maybe how would he recognize Tom Holland? Like he doesn't know Tom Holland, so it's got to be him, right? But I but they sh- they should do what Ricky Flick said. Uh, they should uh, oh, what's it called? They should uh, not show the other Spider-Man in the trailer, just like in uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. They didn't show the characters that were dead that were going to obviously show up. It almost has that feel to it. And you're going to get the same type of like theater experience like you had at the end of Endgame. And then you're going to have Maguire, Garfield show up and help save the day. And you're, everyone's just going to freak out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like imagine in Rise of Skywalker, if they didn't show Palpatine. Now I'm just thinking back to last week's trailer trailer draft. Rise of Skywalker, if they didn't mention Palpatine was in it and then he ended up being the big bad, I think that would have worked better as well. So if, if the same thing could happen here where if they don't show Spider-Man, it will, everyone's like getting all mad, but then they see it's like they're like relieved almost. Right. Man. Pump for this movie. Uh, so that's going to do it for the trailer roundup. That does it for the checkup. We will now move on to our review of Nia DaCosta's Candyman. All right, Ricky Flex. We are moving on to the uh, the box office king of the weekend, or I should say queen. We had Nina yes. Costa becoming the first uh, black female director to win the box office, I believe, ever, which is crazy. And it wasn't with Insane. a huge number. We got twenty two million. Obviously, we're in the uh, obviously we're in the pan- pandemic stage. Rise of the Delta variant sounds like the name of a sequel to a movie. Yes. But- we are here, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, and another, yet another strong performance, another strong role from a man who seems like he's rising that A-list la- a ladder faster than you can even imagine. Oh, yeah. So, Flickstar. Um, I guess we could, uh, let's go over like the, uh, the synopsis. Let's go with the Rotten Tomatoes numbers, the IMDB. Currently, it sits at 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's certified fresh. The audience score is at 73%, and the IMDB sits at 6.5 out of 10. Kind of surprising when you look at the 
certified fresh 85 out of 100 score. Hmm. So here's the synopsis. The present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini Towers, Cabrini Green Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini Green. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, Macabre, Macabre, Macabre details and a studio has fresh grist for paintings he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence i was reading the synopsis that you posted all right ricky flex that does it for the synopsis let's go with your knee-jerk reactions we saw we were Uh, in the theater obviously for here for this uh film what were your takeaways i think it's pronounced macabre i just googled it m-u-h dash cob I mean, I like you set me up so hard with that. Yeah, like, I didn't. Like, I didn't actually read the synopsis. I just, you know, you just the Google synopsis. You just take what Google has. Why would Google yeah, have macabre on there? So freaking dumb when this comes out. <laughs> why would Google wait? Blame it on me. But why would Google have macabre in there? Like that's a big boy what word. Did I say there. macabre. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? It has an R. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, Google. Yeah, whatever. What was Damn the question? It. I remember how. how Major like reaction. Movie? You walk Major, out of the theater. Major. How you feeling? Um. Oh, I guess we're doing non-spoiler, and then we could do spoilers at the end because I feel like we kind of have to do like a five-minute recap at the ending here. But I like definitely by the end of the movie felt like it just ended abruptly a little bit. Uh, walking out, I was kind of confused. Definitely, uh, there were a lot of plot holes that I don't think were answered. If they're answered, they were answered poorly or just lacklusterly. Um, but I did like, Hey, Yaya in the final act, I will say that he was in the final act, the only bright spot, at least for me, besides the actions, the actual killings, he was the bright spot there. I thought he was phenomenal in the final act in the second half of the movie. I thought he was a lot better than the first half when he was starting to go crazy, really liked him. And other than that, like, I thought it was, it was good, not great. Good, not great movie. I expected more. I expected more scares. The only thing that scared me was looking at Yaya's hand throughout the whole movie. I literally didn't want to look at the screen. Besides that, I didn't mind looking at the screen for all the killings and whatnot. How about you? I think that's a good place to start uh, when you talk about the scariness of this movie, uh, the thriller vibe that it's set. It's interesting because the first Candyman is known as a very scary movie. Tony Todd is known as a menacing horror character. With this movie... There was not a moment where I really felt very uneasy or that uneasy other than the fact that Yaya Abdul-Mateen was scratching at his hand disgustingly. Ugh. And that's not even scary. It's just, dis- it's just gruesome. Right. And I, I, Disgusting. I turned away. Like, go see a doctor. It makes no sense why he doesn't go see a doctor after like even the first day. Yes. It's just, it's just disappointing because this is not a remake. This is a sequel to a film that exists and you don't have it nearly as scary as the original installment which makes me kind of like wonder we live in this time where horror movies they seem to be making this turn where they don't go for the insane scares and that form of entertainment they go for like they're, they're almost turning into more art house films they are taking on themes like in this movie they take on racial injustice gentrification and it's I, I think it was almost it, it hit those themes way on your head over with a hammer. Way too literal, a zillion times. Way but too direct. What I mean is also the these movies like Jordan Peele and Nia Da Costa. Now they're trying to they have horror movies that are have depth. 
right? Mm-hmm. They're not just surface level scares like we saw in the mid two thousands to the late to the late two thousands. Think about Scream Even and those now. type of movies. They just don't they don't have the depth that they have. So it's better filmmaking, but you're sacrificing some of the scares. All right. So I agree with you completely. Uh, I also want to say in terms of what really kind of I thought was cool and gave a thriller type of vibe and was a little spooky was the camera work that from this film, Nia DaCosta did a great job in terms of the shots in this movie, uh, in terms it looks of great. The, the shadowy, like puppet characters gave off a very chilling vibe. It wasn't necessarily scary, but it made you kind of like, whoa, what is going on right yeah. now? It, it, it fit was, the vibe. Yeah. It was very, like very Halloween type vibes. Like you see that on someone's like, 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 someone like your neighbor trying to put that up to scare you as you try and get your trick or treat your, your trick or treat uh your candy so i thought that was great the upside down shots i thought were pretty cool right and seeing how like that's a symbol of like uh like uh local governments trying to flip cities on their head all right and then with that, you get those themes of gentrification i thought it was pretty good mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree let's go into him a little bit i thought he slayed this movie he was pretty good. Uh, the uh, beginning, he might have overacted a little bit at points. I know I mentioned that to you earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when we left the theater, I should say. And this one, drunk scene. He, like him, his like his descent into madness, I thought was amazing. And when he really snapped into it, he snapped into it. And he became almost unrecognizable. So let's build on him a little bit and the rest of the cast. So uh, anything, any other thoughts on Yaya? It's just... It- I think we were, you were saying here, he's an A-lister. He is an A-lister, and he's playing Black Manta and Aquaman. Hope You saw the picture of Jason Momoa, uh, that Instagram with him and Yaya. So hopefully in Aquaman 2, he has a really prominent role as, like, the main villain. Not Even though I like uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick uh, what's his name? Wilson, Patrick Wilson. I think you need Yaya to have his own movie for Aquaman to go against Jason Momoa. Um, besides that, like, Yaya slated again. You saw it in uh, Trial of Chicago 7. You saw it in Watchmen. He just, he's, and he's coming out with some bangers besides Aquaman 2. Yeah, Furiosa with Charlie's Throne, or sorry, not Charlie's Throne, uh, Anya Taylor Joy off of uh, Charlie's Throne's performance in Mad Max Fury Road. You have uh, Matrix, the Matrix movie coming out. He's going to be the young Morpheus. Like, we're just going to see more Yaya, and I love it. And I just really hope that a lot of those roles that I, a lot of those movies I said, he's not going to be the lead. So I hope he, after these movies, he's just going to go like, hey, I'm going to be the lead in these movies. He's going to be the A-lister, the first name on the top billing. That's what I want to see from Yaya going forward after these block, box, box office blockbuster movies that we can't wait to see. I think he's doing a pretty good job of balancing the roles he's taking. He's not over block. He's not overly into the blockbuster realm. Uh, he's not overly into the artsy fartsy realm. You see, yes, he's appeared in Watchmen, which you could say that's, it's not, it's a TV show. Obviously it does massive feel, numbers, yeah. but that's more of a critical smash. Right. Uh, I also, uh, he's like, obviously young Morpheus, like I like he, and then he's go, like, obviously we'll go foraying, foraying back into the blockbuster realm trial of Chicago seven playing Bobby seal. And he's going for like a potential like Oscar nomination there. He's, he's balancing his roles very well. Mm-hmm. And I know that Michael B. Jordan is, is uh, producing a Valzad black Superman show. Oh. I think he would be so good in that role. I've said many times before, I could see him playing Superman. He's reached that recognizable status where I don't think anyone would be surprised if he was cast in that role. Although he yeah. already played. He was Dr. DC. Manhattan. Who's like a God. Like, uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen Watchmen, like, come on, like people 
see what Prey Nez has when he raw edits those. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I, I actually do think he's doing a good job balancing. I just I really want him like to be the constant A-lister, I guess is what I'm saying. Or like sometimes you're the supporting actor, but you're like a supporting actor like Leo where you just take over the movie, you know? Right. Big time. Or like oh, yeah, Marshall yeah. Ali where he takes over the movie when he's the supporting actor. It's, I, I like that comparison too. Um, Coleman Domingo in the supporting role here. Yes. Uh, the, the, the child that is haunted that grows up uh, in Cambrini Green. I thought he was the second best performance in this movie. I didn't think the cast was as strong as a whole, but I think these two, Yaya and Domingo, were the highlights. And Domingo, he has that like that. He's almost a voice that's perfect for a film that has an eerie vibe to it. He's got that raspy voice, and it mm. has you like on your toes. And when he's telling stories, and there is the shadowy characters in the background, it's a perfect voiceover. It's so good. So, what do you think about his performance in this one, Flex? I think he was the most like end to end consistent performer in this movie not saying he's the best i'm just saying most consistent every single scene he was in it was great i think a part of the reason why when you said knee-jerk reaction the first thing i said was the third act was rushed is because of him and not his acting abilities but they kind of like he was consistently barely in it throughout and then the third act they kind of rushed it and just it was like what like he's gonna be like this and that like i'm not doing spoilers but it was just kind of shocking like you can kind of predict it but at the same time you're like well there's not much development here like he was kind of like just the mentor or to yaya throughout the movie or i don't know like you would call it not mentor but i don't know right? is like him. yeah right sort of like kind of a just like a like a line he's guiding him through cambrini green like he's right show, he's letting him know right um, so like yeah i think that's my point i think that i wish i saw more of him to develop just because of where the story ended up but if it ended up in a different way, I think he got ample screen time. I just think he really did well in this role. Yeah. And I know he is in, I believe, if Beale Street could talk. I know yep. he, he's, he has some strong supporting uh, performances. Selma. And I, as I said, Selma, like him in that raspy voice, like it's distinct. And like, you yes. know, it's Coleman Domingo. So it's like, it's what separates him from a lot of other actors. But I want to go into uh, the ending of this movie because I also had a huge gripe with it. I thought there's a major twist. We're going spoiler-free right now. The twist, I, I don't think, is that believable. Uh, it was, it, to me, it wasn't satisfying at all. Like, I, it, just, it didn't make sense to me. In terms of the third act, the third act took like 10 minutes. When it really yeah. you thought it was going to go into a, more extend, uh, ex- a further extent, it felt like the movie just ended when you felt like it had so much more left to give. You know? Right, yes. Especially with a movie that's trying to be deeper with the themes that it's uh, – that it possesses it's like okay let's see like i don't want to do any spoilers but let's see where this character goes at this point um but it just felt like oh this is what happens all right we'll end the credit there you get the point we're done it's like they just left like 10 pages yeah. of the script off it just it's felt- like they had a minutes restriction it's like oh we have to cut this uh script by like 10 pages 10 minutes let's just cut that out like the third act just take it out and just go right to the end it right. was kind of odd it, you it felt that it felt like that, but it didn't like the movie didn't feel like it was long at that point. It felt like, yeah, you could explore. Yeah, how this long is this more. movie? Like, I don't even know. I think it's, it's under two, right? I'll it's look it up right two. now. But it's it yeah. just, I, I was okay with the movie extending a little bit because you're getting to literally arguably what should be your, your grand finale, your best, your best part of the movie, especially for a thriller trans- horror with just with what just transpired. Right. And you have Yaya going off. Like this is the this is the role you want the position you want him in and you cut the movie short it makes yeah, no sense and to me. just to say I just did a quick Google search do you want to do you want to give an official guess of how long this movie is I'm, I'm gonna go the 106 minutes 
106 minutes. Yeah. So that's like an hour 46. Yeah. It's an hour 31. Short. That is a short movie, like for an, a rush third act. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't mind a 90 minute movie. Like, hey, like, th- throw it at me. Like, you know, short and sweet, you know, make it concise. But this one needed more time or, or just, I don't know. I just didn't like, I didn't like that. But uh, before we go into spoilers real quick, there is a performance that we didn't talk about. And that was uh, with uh, Monica, Monica Rambo. Tayona Paris. Yeah. Did you like her in this movie? She didn't, she, to me, she just blended in. I didn't think she was that strong. I don't think she had much to work with because a lot of screen time went to Yaya. Uh, I didn't recognize that was Tayona Paris at first. I didn't know that. I didn't notice it was uh, Monica Rambo. I was shocked. I will. Going, it's mm-hmm. just going to be appearing in uh, the Marvels, Nia Nicosia's Nia... next film. Right. Or uh, is it a film or series? Series. No, the Marvels is a movie. It's the sequel to Captain Marvel. Oh my God. Really? Okay. But yeah, so. Okay, well, I'm looking, I'm not really, you know, we all know my thoughts on Captain Marvel. I've said on this podcast so much. Um, but going back to this movie, I think the chemistry between her and Yaya wasn't great, but between her and her brother was better. I agree. I don't think it was that great. I, I really don't, I don't particularly loved her brother in this either. I don't think he was good or bad. I thought he was just like, keep the plot moving, uh, add some exposition to the film. That's his kind of point. But I thought, that her she just wasn't she wasn't given enough for me with yaya i think yaya stole the show um not on purpose or anything i'm just saying like that's just what happened maybe just because well, yeah such a big on star the same page for most of the movie right well there was a lot of scenes of them together i think in the, no in no, no i'm saying like i'm saying like the direction of their characters like oh one i agree is descending into madness the other right. one is just a normal person who's not a normal person. She's obviously has a, has a dark past herself, which I don't think they dove which didn't into. Which Yes, thank you. With, with uh, the death of her father's yeah. suicide. I, I was even looking at Ricky Flex. I'm like, the, the, it was a dream sequence where you found out about her father. I'm like, did that actually happen? And then like the way they addressed it later in the movie, I don't even so, know if they so, mentioned it out loud. They maybe said one line about it was like so him subtle. committing suicide. Right. It was Way with the subtle. brother. It was with the brother. It's like they you, they were so literal with their themes, but so subtle with their plot developments. It was right. ridiculous. It was like very odd. Very odd. Uh, definitely something that out of the Jordan Peele film that, you know, get out. Like it was pretty direct by the end of it, obviously, but it was subtle throughout. And then us, like you expect a little better writing here. I, I'm going to say it. I expected more. I spent that a lot more coming from Jordan Peele writing this movie and being a part think, of it. I think this goes into the category. We did a trailer um, draft last week. I think I thought this was a phenomenal trailer that the initial one for Candyman, but I think the movie did not live up to the trailer. The, the trailer, the trailer promised. They made it look like it was going to be much scarier. You're going to get a lot more Tony Todd, like as Candyman. And honestly, like when it comes to like actual characters in the movie, he was pretty scary when you were looking in the mirror and you were seeing him i thought he looked pretty scary yes he didn't I, have he didn't have any lines or anything but mm-hmm. he looked pretty menacing going back to the camera work i did think they did a great job with the candy man with the mirrors they were consistent throughout it was very that was oh, very yeah. well done um and also with the killings there's a specific one near the end with the critic i thought that was phenomenal spoiler alert sorry we'll get into spoilers in a second uh but the trailer gave away just so much so much you knew what was going to happen was if you watched the trailer like not to spoil like not to spoil anything. I'm just saying it. You you knew going in. It, I thought it was ridiculous, especially for a sequel to give it away. I think that's kind of crazy. It was so, a, yeah. 
it was it was it was incredibly predictable from the trailer but even i think they like want you to know that almost because like when you watch the movie even if you never saw the trailer you knew what was happening like you could just tell yeah, what was happening you know from the moment like the first like i would say 15 minutes of the movie you knew what was going to happen uh but i don't think the twist was good enough i don't think the twist at the end was good enough uh so before we go into spoilers, let's give our scores to those yep. who aren't uh, listening to the spoiler review. So Flex, what did you give uh, Candyman? I'm never going to say not go see this in theaters because I think it's, I think it's good. I don't think it's great. Uh, my score, I'm going to give it a 63. 63 from me. That's, I know this might seem low coming from a Yaya, Jordan Peele uh, written movie, but I, I'm just, you've heard me say it before. Say it again. It's just what it, it is what it is. Okay. I'm, I'm sort of in a similar boat. I give it a 70. I gave it a 70. I love Yaya's performance. Uh, I like that we're trying to give these horror movies that have a depth to them with relevant themes that have to do with what's happening in the world, right? Or even within the country. But we seem like we sacrificed, we, we got those themes and we sacrificed the scares that should come with candy. And the storytelling. We sacrificed storytelling, I think, with that too. But in terms of storytelling, what I, like, as I said before, that what they did with those those characters, like those uh, those animated characters uh, that looked like it was a flashlight shining on them, the eerie vibe it gave, that was very good. I love the camera work, as I said before. 70, uh, the ending was not satis- satisfactory either. Mm. So uh, I'm not gonna, I shouldn't say that, put it that way. I, it wasn't the abrupt, exciting. The, or... abrupt, the abrupt ending of it and like the way it all came together I guess I like the way you put that the way it came together. Yeah. It it, it didn't feel like it paid off for the entire movie that built up to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, Colbin Domingo strong. So overall I would say a positive rating, but there, there's so much left on the table. So 70 out of a hundred. So that does it for our spoiler free review. Ricky flicks. Let's jump into about five minutes of spoilers here. Five, 10 minutes. Okay. Let's do it. So the twist Let's talk about the twist. We find out the story at the beginning told by uh, Yaya's girlfriend's brother. We find out that story about Cambrini Green with uh, a woman carrying a baby supposedly into a fire was, in fact, Yaya as a baby. And we find out when Yaya visits his mother, his mother revealed, uh, never told him that he was born in Cambrini Green. What do we think about this twist? I know it doesn't seem like you're shaking your head already. I know we, I've already talked about my dismissal of it. What made it so bad? So he doesn't know he, where he was born by the time he's 30 years old. Yes. Yes. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what the heck? He doesn't know that he was kidnapped as a child. He doesn't know like, a doctor, a hospital, anywhere. He's never been injured in his life. Like the dude <laughs> works out. He was definitely an athlete. Like you're telling me he never got injured in 30 years of his life or he was two years old and he was kidnapped. How could no one tell him he was freaking kidnapped as a child that's ridiculous and by the way how could the news just come out and go with the other side of the story there are eyewitnesses there there's literally no way the news could news could just flip this the other way there's no way especially right. like and if you're going like this movie like, eyewitness wow, accounts a, of someone carrying a yes, baby into a and, fire you and said I'll t- no she was giving him to me i'm like everyone saw something different and you want to go with like the literal themes that we were talking about uh the very direct themes here with uh like racism in this country it was a white woman saving him the if according to this movie the news would have freaking project that out to the heavens to the heavens 
like sure. there's no Good way point. they would have gotten that wrong and the fact that this movie didn't acknowledge that i think is actually a huge mistake i agree it goes like, against I, like, the themes of the movie <laughs> that would have lined up perfectly now that you're saying it like it would it would have it would have exactly and then the ideas of gentrification like it's like white people taking control like it literally right. would have been perfect and i will say that in that moment that twist you saw yaya just turned like, yes his act that was the that scene, scene when he went, he snapped. He became a different. He went from one character in the role to an, like to another. Like it was crazy. He just turned his head. And he's like, I've dismissed everything. I know my fate. And that was awesome acting. You know, awesome. awesome, awesome. You know, it was a great acting scene when everything I just said on that rant, like how much I hated like that's part of the movie. But I love that scene just because of the acting. It was phenomenal. It didn't say a word. Just his expressions, the tears coming down his eyes. But it wasn't right away. It wasn't obvious to make it an easy tear. It was a gradual tearing up. It was phenomenal acting. And I loved it. And he's like, just don't even touch me. That was great. The the despair in his face. The loss of hope where he's like, I now know what is going to happen. Like you just knew, like, he, right. And you always got a sense of that. Like we talked about the predictability of this movie where he gets bit by, he gets stung by the bee in his hand, like literally the first 10 minutes of the movie. And you could even just say at that point, if you have ever seen Candyman, you're just like, Oh, he's going to become the next Candyman. Mm-hmm. Like he kept itching at it, itching at it. For the you next knew his arm was going to get cut off. You just knew yeah. or it was going to fall off something. And then once you saw the scabbing start to go up his arm, you're like, okay, he's going to have a claw, a hook on his yep. hand. Like, it's just like so clear what and was going to happen. And the poster of the movie, like it's a great poster, but it's Yaya in the hook in the coat. Another, <laughs> like it's literally Yaya. So it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. I, like, I knew that was coming straight from the trailer. And uh, I guess we could talk about the end of the movie in terms of the last act, Coleman Domingo going on this long soliloquy, talking about how Candyman needs to return. Right. And we find out that he, it's a Candyman. It turns out to be a symbol of someone to kind of like protect not like almost like he almost portrays him as an antihero. Yes. Like, in a way where it's yes. like antihero against like white supremacy, I think. Yes. Is what I thought. Um, and I didn't mind. I think that was good. Um, I just think that there was hypocrisy in it because the candy man killed black girls in the movie. That part I didn't understand. Cause like that, like that's also going against the themes that you've built up. Right. The and, way. and the black girls in the movie, uh, there were friends and also Coleman uh, Domingo's sister. So it's like he's going to advocate for the Candyman who killed his sister. It's very. I would like to hear Nia DaCosta explain that choice because it made no sense. Uh, I was just like, why is this happening now? You know, obviously he has the connection to Coleman Domingo, but mm-hmm. like the fact, but what's the reason? Because they weren't nice to him? Like, that, like it's not good enough. Like, I, yeah. I just didn't know. Or understand. like because he saw the, like, uh, the, you know, the guy that gave out the razor blade, like, uh, he got accused of being the Candyman, like yeah, the guy who gets killed, yeah, yeah, right, and by the cops, and he yeah. saw that. But it's like, it's it's like weighing like which is worse, seeing that or the Candyman literally killing your sister. Like, yeah. which one do you want to face? And I guess he's like saying, oh, I guess killing my sister it's a part of the bigger story. But she's black, so it doesn't make sense at the same time. I, I I'm I'm kind of shocked that also like when Coleman Domingo is doing like the ritual in front of Tayona Paris. And he's turning Yaya into the Candyman. They didn't show like the ritual part, which is like a key part of any horror movie. A horror yeah. movie, you got to show the ritual part because it freaks out the audience. That's mm-hmm. the part of the entertainment factor. And he, like, like Taona Paris ends up escaping, running away, and then he goes like, "You're not going to stay for the ritual." I'm like, "Damn, I wanted to see the ritual too." Like, it's, it's like it's again goes to like the Burke, uh, the Coleman Domingo 
um, he, the character's Burke in it. Like, they didn't develop him at all. Just all of a sudden, like, he planned this whole thing. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, he definitely didn't plan nowhere. him getting stung by the bee. He didn't plan for the, like, he just didn't walk into him one day and just plan for all this to happen. Like, come on now. This guy's a laundromat owner. No offense. Like, there's got to be, like, something more to it. And it, the script just wasn't deep enough for his part, which I referenced uh, for non-spoilers, which I was kind of alluding to that. here. I just, don't, I just didn't think it was good enough. Yeah. Like, okay, he did a strong performance, but you're right. Like, if like, I didn't feel like it was justified what he was doing. Like, for, like it was, I was just like, man, this guy's really going off the deep end. I guess it kind of was sold when they like flash back again that he witnessed the murder of you know the what? original Candyman. Going into this, or the man that was accused of being the mm-hmm. Candyman. So you that just say like made sense. But you just saying that leads to a different. I know we just kind of labored on that point for a bit, so I'm just gonna take it a different way. There was a lot of ex, like a lot of background for this film. There was a lot, a lot of flashbacks. And like yeah. some of them were great, like some of the killings or whatever. It was great, great to see visually, but it's like, all right, like when are we just going to move the plot forward? And that's what they could have done here. They could have taken away some flashbacks. They could have taken away some exposition here and they could have focused in on that character. They could have focused in on more of the plot development here. So the third act's not rushed at the end. They could have done something. And like, again, this is a 90 minute movie. How do we just add to the end instead? 90 you know, like, minutes is insane for a Jordan Peele movie too. That's shocking. So I don't know. Like, I think, uh, for spoilers, that's kind of all I had. And just like, I think, I think yeah, one more thing I just wanted to say, just an entire review was the opening with the Sammy Davis Jr. Candyman song coming out. It was mm. so haunting and it was yeah. a great introduction to the movie. And then he had the the towers upside down showing like the, like the themes of that, of, of that, the high rises there. I think that was great. And I thought like, wow, we're going to get, I, I thought from there, I was like, wow, this is going to be something special here. This movie had the elements. It just didn't know how to put them all together. Mm. Uh, it didn't have a cohesive like vision, right? Or it did have a vision, just didn't communicate it to us in depthly enough. Yeah, I would, yeah. Just I, and lastly, just just like I know we're critiquing it hard right now. We had a, I would say I wouldn't say overwhelmingly positive. We had a positive experience seeing this. Yes, it just yeah. felt like there's a lot left on the table, and I really did think the themes were smashed over your head with a hammer. I had I was get I was I was yeah. getting tired of the it. expectations were high here. It was woke. It was a pretty woke movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. woke. And they did slam it on your head with the themes. Like and you think Jordan Peele movies like Get Out Us, you know, like those were themes that were pretty direct, but not as direct as this. But when you think of like Jordan Peele like backed projects, movies that he's produced or helped write written, like Lovecraft Country, uh Twilight Zone, this movie, uh I think Hunters he was a part of, those are so direct. Like, so literal. So I think that kind of goes to the theme that, like, him not at the helm is just not as subtle and not, like, yeah. He doesn't have not full control over it, you know? Right. So I'm not, not going to make all the decisions. And again, like, he did write this. He didn't just produce. He wrote this. So it's kind of on, it's not, I'm not saying it's on Nancy Costa. I'm saying it's probably more on him. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting there. Just him not directing. It's not as subtle. Just want to say that. Anyways, like, his next movie, Steven Yoon, uh, Daniel Puglia, and Kiki Palmer. Right. Wow. Nope, right? It's called Nope. I believe so. Yeah. Jesse Plummett's turned down the role. So that's going to do it for our review of Candyman. Let's now move on to our top billing draft of gas station snacks. This top billing draft comes after a turbulent episode two weeks ago. Where I, Dr. O, was accused of defiling 
a gas station bathroom. Oh boy. Getting in an all-out screaming match with the owner as he continuously accused me of putting the lid down of the toilet and pissing all over the top of it. Mm. <laughs> I refuse to go back to this gas station. We have not reached out for a 60-minute interview with this. Not yet. Man, or for a sit-down with this man. I will not be ever going back to this gas station. But it has led us to a fascinating top billing today of the top of uh, gas station snacks. We got five categories today. We're bringing the categories back. Nez, we ready for this draft? I'm so ready. I got the first pick. And there, in my opinion, there's an obvious 1-1 one, one here. Mm. I'm glad that I got it um, so, that I can, so that I can pick it. Um, do you want to just explain the rules on what we have to pick? Yeah, big time. So five categories here. You got to pick one of each. You need one candy. You need one drink. You need one chip. You need one miscellaneous. That could be any item. And then you need something that is warm. That is a category. You need something that is warm. Ricky Flex, are you ready for this draft? Are you prepared with a second overall pick? The warm, the warm factor, it's going to be interesting when we all pick it because I think it's going to be uh, a run on warm items whenever that comes. And the miscellaneous for me is the, is I can't wait to pick my miscellaneous because I don't know if you guys – like I, I have a lot of options there. I can't wait to see what you guys decide. I think I'm going to pick up my heart on this draft as I usually do. But gas station snacks is near and dear to my heart. Big time. Okay. So the, we have the draft order. Nez with the first pick. Ricky Flicks with the second pick. Dr. Rowe on the snake. Third pick. Nez, you are now officially on the clock. All right. Like I said, to me, there's a clear 1-1. One, one. There's, I think it might be one of the most popular food items at the gas station. I'm going with my miscellaneous pick first overall. I'm going with beef jerky baby beef jerky the all-time gas station snack you're on the road you need some protein go ahead and get yourself some jerky jack links assuming oh yeah usually you like one time teriyaki? i bought this uh i love the teriyaki i almost mm. prefer it gotcha. uh dr oh were you with us on that ski trip when i bought um i bought some random like beef jerky so there's a gas station and there's a guy with a stand in vermont and he had home smoked like beef jerky that he made homemade. I don't believe I was and there. I ate it and it was the worst beef jerky I've ever had. I'm not really selling the pick right now, but that's a funny one. Um, no, I'm telling you, if I'm ever on a road trip, I need some protein on the go. I'm always stopping and grabbing that jerky. I don't trust homemade like beef jerky. What I do trust is gas station beef jerky. Mm-hmm. I think this is a strong pick. It's a gas station staple. What other moment do you buy beef jerky if you're not at a gas station? You don't go to the Good supermarket point. and buy beef jerky. You don't you go don't. anywhere and buy beef jerky unless it's a gas station. Strong pick with the number with the number one. I will my, not my personal number one pick. Mm-hmm. It's ballsy to go with the miscellaneous, but I think definitely first rounder. Yeah, my miscellaneous is pretty deep. I think I was trying to say that in my in the intro here. Beef mm-hmm. jerky two things negatives against it even though i think it's great smell not the greatest smell and expensive it is expensive it is an expensive item yeah you're right i think it's a good pick though but i had to say that i had to i had to pick beef jerky there's no other pick and i I, that's why i took one when i got when i got the first Mm. spin because i was like i need to get beef jerky on this board yeah i don't know if it would i don't know if it would get back to you either so yeah yeah and ricky flicks made a great point with the smell i personally like the smell it doesn't bother me. Wow. 
but I know when you start burping with the beef jerky, it could get, it could get, it could, it could, it could get a little, it could get a little raunchy in the car. Make sure you're not taking a massive road trip with that one. Okay. That's my, maybe it's just my burps, but that is the first (laughs) overall pick with Nez, Ricky Flex. We are onto your first round pick. So besides the hot food item, I think there's a clear or not. No, actually, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to spin a different way. There's a clear one, one in my eyes based on my board. And I'm going to go with chip and Doritos clear in a way, the best chip there is at a gas station. And I'm going to pick for value here. I, I honestly don't think there's a chip that comes close to a Dorito at a gas station. So I'm going to just pick the best on the board for that category. Um, I'm confident in the rest of my draft. If I have that one in the first round here. Nez, you want to tell him? Uh, tell him what I, I, I have I mean, some cons that I can what's, go. Yeah, what's, the, the, what's the big con? The fingers. The fingers. The yes. fingers. Well, and then jer- also, hey, beef jerky has cons. Doritos has cons. Yeah, absolutely. The fingers. I mean, you get Dorito stuff all over your fingers, um, and your breath smells hor- horrendous after it. But and you have beef jerky um, on your board. Let's, jerky. Let's, let's, let's just take it back here. <laughs> step beef jerky, jerky boy. Not, beef jerky does not make my hey, you want um, test breath out. smell as bad. We test as, out which is worse, beef jerky or Doritos cool on the Doritos? What right, makes we'll a gas here? Beef yeah. jerky which, or which Doritos? Prefer, which do you prefer, nacho cheese or uh, or Cool Ranch? Nacho, nacho easy. cheese. Spicy nacho if it's around too. Oh, yeah. Um, it, actually, it's not. It's not on my. I I put three cat three for each category. I did not go to you because because I just know like if I have a top three for each, I'm guaranteed to get at least one of them. Doritos not in my top three. It not being your number one ship, I think is not. That's not clever. That's not smart. It's the number one ship by and away. Not just at a gas station, just in general. Doritos is the best ship. How could you not agree with that? I, what do I, you mean? There's a reason. There's a reason why there's a hundred thousand different types of chips, Ricky. It's because not everybody agrees. Doritos the is the best. Chip. Come on. I I would say it's my nacho cheese Dorito is my favorite chip in general, but it's not something I get at a gas station. If I'm really? driving, if I'm driving, I'm getting cheese all over the place. I'm a I'm a slob. Could be the passenger. There's no way I'm gonna be able to do that like a normal person. Can be like, the oh, passenger. I'm not gonna eat with like tongs like grabbing like the doritos out of the, the bag i'm not a mm. psychopath i'm just gonna go all in just going yeah. crazy with it you know you drive but with one hand I, the other hands for the doritos and like i don't know if i'm if i'm touching everything i i don't like to lick my fingers if i lick my fingers in front of people they think you're a slob again it's just a lot of it's a hassle it's delicious but i think it's a hassle i have it's three the best pla- it's the best tasting chip there is especially at a gas station Debatable. okay no Okay, Ricky with the Dorito, nacho cheese Dorito, or just Doritos? Will we just Dur- just Doritos, because then we can't have yeah. But nacho cheese Doritos would be yeah, on the graphic, nacho cheese. Okay, so we're now on to my pick, Doctor O. I'm going to lead off with my candy, peanut M and M's. I think this is easily the number one candy to get at a gas station. Why you ask? It's not too messy. You're not holding chocolate in your hand. You got any chocolate bars in your hand? It's obviously going to smear. It could get warm. You might have a little color on your hand, but that's mostly it. You could just put your hand in a bag, grab a handful, smack, smash them in your mouth. They taste delicious. I had, a, I believe, as the number one pick in the Halloween candy draft. First rounder, I'm going to go with peanut M&Ms. Any thoughts? Does this take away M&Ms in general? I'm probably right. Um, yeah. Same thing with the Doritos. Same thing with yeah, Doritos. It takes yeah. away everything. Yeah, um, exactly. But this is definitely the most popular M&M, I would say. 
people love peanut M&Ms. I'm more of a regular M&Ms guy or even a pretzel M&Ms or yeah, pretzel M&Ms. But I know I'm, I'm, but I do think peanuts M&Ms is the most popular here. Good pick. Okay. So uh, now we're going to send into the second round. I'm going to go with a warm item. Wow. He's doing it early folks. I'm going a warm item. Cause I don't like <laughs> anything. I don't think I don't like anything else, but this one item and I feel like if you're going to get a warm item on the gas station, you're kind of accepting your fate. You know you're going to end up in the, uh, making another rest stop then after 20 minutes. You, I'm not, you have those things that are sitting out all day. What am I just going to send it with? I'm going with a taquito as the beginning of the second round. Uh, I believe if – I feel like, as I said before, you're sending it, you're sending it. You got to just go all in. And when, how often do you order taquitos or get taquitos other than just in a frozen box at – stop and shop or at a grocery store. I feel like the next place you get a taquito is when it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one in the morning at Cumberland farms. And you see it staring at you as you're trying to get a water to survive the night. So I'm going with taquito as a second rounder. Yeah, that's a solid, solid pick for warm items in gas stations. <laughs> this category is ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. My exactly. stomach's curling right now. Just thinking of a Seven Eleven taquito. It's been sitting there. For oh, but have you day ever day. had? Have you ever had a Seven Eleven taquito at like two in the morning? Oh no, oh, man! That's the only time you make that. You 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 pull the trigger there. It's the only yeah. time you pull the trigger there. So that's my start to the second round, Ricky Flex. We are now onto your pick. Okay, I'm going to go. Well, Nez already has his miscellaneous, so I'm not going to go with that. So I'm going to go with. My candy and my candy. I'm going to a gas station again. Like I think Doritos I'm fine with the, I'm sacrificing my fingers for the flavor. I am. And here I'm going to do the same thing. Sour patch kids. I think because for sour patch kids, like there's other on the board that are not, uh, not necessarily like, like all in a box. They're like a candy bar or something like that. I don't like getting a candy bar or something like that's singular at a gas station. I, I want a snack on it. So I want multiple items and especially for a candy and sour patch kids besides M&Ms is my, probably my favorite candy. That's like that. So would this rule out any other sour patch kids from being drafted? Oh, oh, oh. apparently. Yeah. Going by the rules here. Damn it. Oh my God. Well then you picked the wrong one. Oh yeah. Sour patch watermelon. Top five at the top of my big board. That's oh specific. My God. I just want. If you've sour ever patch been to the kids. movie theater with me? Just know I get a medium popcorn, a medium sprite, and a sour patch watermelon. Sour patch watermelon, way better than the original sour patch kids. What are you insane? Hey, I'm so upset. I, I'm I can't get sour them. patch kids here. Not even. Not only I can't draft sour patch watermelon, but you you didn't even draft sour patch watermelon. You even draft the best one. Nah, I'm taking Sour Patch Kids. I'm sorry. I'm not taking watermelon. I want the rig- original Sour Patch on that graphic. I don't want the watermelon. I don't – like, I'll take it underneath it, under its umbrella and its farm system, but I'm taking the core. <laughs> it's affiliate. It's affiliate. It's I'm not affiliate. It'll be in the core. It sour won't Patch be the- Watermelon is, is in the big leagues. What are you it's, talking about? It's in the farm system. It's in the farm in system. In the farm system. It's my, yeah, it's my right. ace in the it hole like, coming up, it, hot it, prospect coming it up. sounds like Ricky Flick's got a AAA prospect – Meanwhile, you have you had an all-star MLB player at your disposal. Hmm. 
He's coming up for September, September call-up. Interesting pick. So that's your second-round pick. Your candy is now off the board. We now move on to Nez's second-round pick. All right, my second-round pick. I'm going to go with my drink here. And um, I'm going to go with Arizona iced tea. Um, More specifically, Arizona green tea with honey and ginseng. Um, That is my go-to gas station. It's 99 cents. The price is on the can. Uh, Unbeatable value. Drink to price ratio. Um, And then it's just tasty. It's tasty. And for some reason, because it says green tea with honey and ginseng, it feels like it's healthy, which, which, you know, most things that you get at a, at a gas station, it doesn't feel like it's healthy. You have some green tea. You're like, all right, there, there's some herbal methods, methods mm-hmm. to, you know, this being created. So I feel a little bit healthier for choosing this over, uh, Oh, I almost teased picks a soda or something of those mm-hmm. of that nature. So you're taking green there. tea. Well, I, if I take Arizona, I think it's off the board. But if I were to pick green tea, so put Would, that on the graphic, please. The Arizona so, green tea. Arizona green tea. So is iced tea off the board? I'd say well, any 99% can is off the board. You can't, There's you a lot can't of 99 another, You can't take another Arizona. Any 99% can okay. under the Arizona I'm umbrella. I'm fine with the that. Arizona you farm can have system. the Arizona farm system. <laughs> You can I have mean, the Arizona farm. System. I smell a future veto in order. I, 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 I smell a future veto. Yeah, if I you feel, veto my, oh, ooh, okay. there is some combativeness, combativeness going on between Ricky Flicks and Nez right now, and I feel like I'm gonna have to jump into Molly Cara mode. <laughs> when is it there? Eventually, <laughs> um, I like I like the pick. You got two staples when you think of gas station. You think beef jerky and Arizona iced teas. That's kind of what I think of. You know, and it brings mm-hmm. you back to the middle school days. Hey, let's walk to the gas station, get some beef jerky and some iced teas, like some minutes of Arizona. Uh, I personally wouldn't have gone with the green tea, but a lot of people love the green tea. Mm-hmm. There's some other variations I like, but if I go to the gas station, I only got a couple bucks. You know what? I can always get with at least a dollar and one cent an Arizona iced tea. Absolutely, uh, great um, pick, Nez. I'm going back to back, right? I get another one. Yes. Kick off the third round. I will now go with my chip. And my favorite chip of all time is better than Doritos. No way. Sour cream and onion. Get out of my face. Sour cream and onion lays. Give them to me or Ridgie's. I don't really have, you know, either or. But sour cream and onion is the best chip of all time. Nope. And that's my, that's my pick. Sour cream and onion better than Doritos? Yes. Come on now. You can't be making yes, a statement saying Doritos is. isn't the best chip and say sour cream and onion is better. Why? There's other potato chips that are even better than that. I can't ask. I'm not teasing a pick, but. but. I don't know. I, those, these are like my top two. So I like these are almost interchangeable. Yeah, you have Dr. O on your side for this one. I, 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 yeah, I'm a huge uh, sour cream and onion guy. The only thing I'm going to say is if you have a combo of like sour cream and onion and beef jerky in your car, we're getting smelly. <laughs> We're getting getting smelly right now. Real smelly, yeah. Yeah, Make sure the windows are down. Make sure it's the summer, you know. (laughs) And just wash it down with some green tea, I guess. But uh, (laughs) I like sour cream and onion. It's delicious. Ricky Flex is crazy for not liking it. And it's not like I don't like it. Just to say it's better than Doritos. It's heinous. It's crazy. Interesting. Interesting. Nez's chip is off the board. Uh, We now go back to Ricky Flex for his third round pick. I'm taking sunflower seeds, miscellaneous. Mm. I love seeds. You could say the same thing, but you know what? We're doing gas station snacks here. 
and you don't have to eat them in the car. You don't have in, I, hey, you can eat them in the car. You just put them in a cup, but let's just say you could take them out of the gas station. You go to your kid's little league game or you go hang out with your boys or something like that. You're taking the gas station stack and you're just eating it. And that's how I'm looking at it. And sunflower seeds is a great snack. And it's, I think it's a pillar of a gas station. So sunflower seeds. Strong. You're going to have the baseball. We're talking about farm systems. We're going triple a major league <laughs> baseball. We got a big, heavy, uh, we got a heavy baseball theme episode going on right here. Top billing. Um, I personally love it. Do you have any flavor that you like specifically, Flex? So many, so many. Um, I like ranch. I like buffalo, uh, buffalo uh, ranch. I like sweet and spicy. I actually, someone, I was at softball the other day. Someone brought uh, mac and cheese, yeah, and I didn't Jesus. particularly like them, but they were like fine to like chew on. America's I was like fine imploded. with it, right? Um, but ranch, I would say, is up there. And buffalo, buffalo ranch, definitely up there. So those are. I like barbecue seeds. You like barbecue seeds? Like, don't love. They're seeds. Almost, I just don't like dill uh, dill seeds. I'm not a pickle Ooh, guy. Pickled, the pickle's not bad. I just don't like pickles, and I really don't like – those are the only seeds I really don't like. And do, are, you putting a, uh, are you putting a wad in the side of your cheek, or you go only a couple at a time? Wad. Definitely wad. a wad. And are we spitting in a water bottle, or are we spitting out the window? I don't These spit the out hard, the window. Strictly the hard-hitting questions. Back um, when uh, when I was in Little League, I was terrible at baseball. It was absolutely never, ever my sport. But my favorite thing, my fi- you know what my favorite part about baseball was? Buying the bats of sunflower seeds and just eating them <laughs> while I rode the bench. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great – it's one of the best, like, in-game snacks. Well, how many how many sports do you play when you're eating snacks other than, like, like uh, halftime when you're eating orange slices? What, like, I think I – think, it's like sunflower seeds are just on another level. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And it doesn't orange stop slices, when you're young. Orange slices at halftime during a, a, like my high school football games was just top tier like food experience. I don't know why. Maybe because you're so, you're like, you know, like a September game, orange slice. Oh my God. Wow. You just brought back like a crazy memory. <laughs> it's very refreshing. I find that statement quite shocking. I was kind of talking about like when I was like five learning to play soccer, we eat yeah. orange slices. You guys, <laughs> no, you guys had- no. You guys had orange slices at halftime. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, for football, like uh, electrolytes, or whatever. There was some scientific reason to do it. Right. No, no, no. Mm. No one's pulling a Babe Ruth eating a hot dog or anything like that. A Mark Sanchez? No. Oh yeah, maybe maybe a Seven <laughs> Eleven hot dog. Sorry to tease a pick there, but Seven mm-hmm. Eleven hot dog at halftime. Mm. All right. That's a great. I, like I, I like it. It's a good pick. Sunflower seeds. Now we're on to my third round pick. I'm going to go with a drink. I have a candy. I have a warm item. I'm going to go with a blue Gatorade squirt bottle from the gas station. Uh, I feel like I don't, it could be any flavor of Gatorade, but like, where do you get the squirt bottle? You don't, you don't get the squirt bottle at grocery stores. Where can you get the squirt bottle? Get them at the gas station. You do you do some exercise. You like uh, do some like uh, uh, you do some yard work with your dad, and your dad's like, "Yeah, let's go, let's go to the gas station, grab a drink." You're a young kid. What do you reach and grab? Probably that ice blue Gatorade Frost squirt bottle style deliciousness. I had a lot of drinks here, but I think this one stood above the rest. Number one pick. 
Yeah, I agree with everything you said except for blue. Everybody knows yellow, especially out of the squirt bottle. I think the flavor's enhanced by yellow out of the squirt bottle. Mm. That's just my, so you're, my thing uh, all the time. So you're a lemon-lime guy. I'm a lemon-lime and then red, fruit punch, and then blue. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm a big blue fan. I actually like orange a lot, too. Orange I like is, orange. Orange hits. I like uh, red, Sorry. orange, blue, lemon-lime, kind of in the same there for me. And wow. the frost. The frost is good too. Like if I like frost fine. better better than regular blue. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I just, no, I don't. I don't mean regular blue. I don't mean regular blue. Yeah, I'm like a light blue. Light, light yeah. blue. Light, I think yeah. that's the regular blue he was referring to there. Yeah, I wasn't talking the about the like blue. blue. No, yeah, not, not dark, darker blue. blue. Oh, okay. oh. that's a that's a pass. Um, Easy pass. So that's my drink. I now need a miscellaneous item, and I need a chip. You guys have both taken a chip. So I will mm-hmm. save that for the last round. I'm going to go with a miscellaneous. I'm going to go with something in the freezer section. I'm going with a Toll House cookie sandwich as my miscellaneous pick. Mm. Static about it. I love myself some Toll House cookie. I feel like I wouldn't pick any other ice cream sandwich unless it was Toll House cookie. Yellow That's solid pick. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's a good pick. I have to go get one right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those hit. Let's hit again. Once again, maybe you help your dad cut the lawn. Maybe you rake some leaves and you got a good sweat going. Where you? How do you reward yourself? Maybe your dad gets you a Toll House cookie sandwich. Yum, yum. Ricky Flex, you're on yum, your yum. fourth round. Okay. Well, I got hot food left and I have drink. And you both have each, so it doesn't matter. I'll go because drinks... I don't know what I'm going to do there yet because you both took my – I'll go hot food just because whatever. I'll go pizza. Pizza. Just – we'll go safe. You already took taquito, and that was like my one. Like I'm thinking gas station. What I think of as a hot food? I'm thinking taquitos. No one's safe in this category, Ricky Plugs. So I'll just go with my my, (laughs) – I don't want to say favorite because I just don't get it because it's not good. But the best of the rest, in my opinion, pizza. Pizza's pizza. Pizza, pizza. Um, yeah, this is one of the three I had down. That's why I kind of <laughs> went with warm item early, just because I knew I wanted the taquito. But the pizza, that's another great resort. The thing about pizza, it either tastes really, it tastes great, uh, it tastes appetizing, or sounds appetizing when it's either hot or cold. When it's like right in between, in the middle, Good that's point. sometimes what you get at the gas station. Good it's point. like in between where it's like the cheese is starting to curl a little bit and then it doesn't have that like you don't have to blow on it at all. That's when it's suspect. And that's like <laughs> how long has that been sitting there? And that's when I start to get scared. But then I remember it's 2 a.m. and I haven't eaten anything since 4 o'clock. Mm. Yeah, and I think I said that you both had a hot food item. I just didn't have one, so I don't know why I said that. But, but yeah, I agree with you, Doc. Any thoughts, Nez? Pizza? It's tough. tough. It's tough. It's really hit or miss. It's really hit or miss. Yes. The pizza you get at gas station. You're right. It's like, it has the potential to be really bad. It's interesting. We cringe every time we say a warm food item from the gas station. We never, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, it's harder to get through. It's like almost like scarier to think about than Candyman was to watch. <laughs> it's almost up there. Uh, Nez, we move on to your fourth rounder. 
All right, I think I want to I want to try and draft my uh my hot food here. Um, now let me know if this is gonna have veto potential. I know for a fact that this is a gas station hot food. Here we go. Uh, I have purchased it and eaten it in a gas station on the way home from the Jets game before. Don't so um, I'm going with empanada. Oh, I've gotten an empanada on the way home. I've I know for a fact the mobile on the hutch has empanadas in their gas station. So it may not be a countrywide thing, but I know for a fact that some gas stations do carry them in the same place that they have the taquitos. So, so you're oh, so it's sitting there like on the top and the under the light, and it's where hot. you get the taquitos typically okay. too. Yeah, it's like like on the same little heater thing to keep so, them warm. So I was worried you're gonna go a different direction where you pick because we have all have a hot food item now, right? You could say it now, yeah. Yeah, and we have a miscellaneous. Yeah. So. What I used to do in high school when I was a freshman oh. with some of my friends, you get a hot pocket and you uh, uh-huh. heat it up there and you eat it in the gas station. I'm going in oh. even a crazier direction, boys. I or thought soup. he was going. I thought he was going burrito. burrito <laughs> I thought burrito. he was going burrito. Talk about an agent of chaos. Agent of oh, chaos. No. Gas station burritos. Jeez. But yeah, all right, empanada. No, that works. Why? What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just don't think it's a, it's that popular in gas stations across the country, but I know for a fact that they have. Good creativity uh, and, with the pick. Yeah. And then uh, the last one is um, I have a candy. Kit Kat. It's my favorite candy bar. Favorite candy bar. Kit Kat. Too easy. The thing easy. is here, as I said before, the chocolate, if you take it out, if you, are you a guy who holds the wrapper when you eat it, or are you a guy who takes it out, smack like cracks it and then eats it because if it's oh, a hot gotta, day i gotta snap crackle and pop it man right that is the only way to do it yeah. so it's just the only thing is a hot day and also i want something that's like gonna last a bit long i feel like if i had a kick out i'd eat it in three bites mm-hmm. get a king size <laughs> i would still eat it in three bites yeah i think but- i think for me <laughs> so like I, I think a big thing is i think dr rose thinking also in the car i'm just thinking this like in the car or out of the car doesn't matter um but for me it's like it's the pieces if you're gonna gas station snack i want multiple things of it like Kit Kat goes way too quickly and it's not like a Sour Patch Kids where you get multiple of them or like a and peanut M&M where you have what do you mean it's them. broken off into little pieces you literally like break two break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar it's in the yeah there's only two tagline flip but it's only it's two in. it's not pieces it's four it is oh you're getting a bigger okay right, well we're, still we're talking it's still Halloween like a it's still like a mini it's still, buy a, Halloween it's still a mini that, bar it's still a mini bar it's not like pieces it's not like a 50 piece bag of Sour Patch Kids or whatever 25 that's what I'm trying okay, to say. I'm just, okay, I've just, I've just, it's just a counter argument. You said I like something that comes in pieces. This literally comes in pieces. But it's not so. pieces of what I'm trying to say. It's like still not, it's still a bar. Even when you break it in half, so it's still like a bar. So like what? All right, between you and the bar. And, it's a gas station. When, 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 when I go to the gas station, when I go to the gas station and I go pick out a snack, I want multiple. Days. I want well, a lot of things. I don't want just too bars? many bars. I don't want too many bars. I'm going to interject Somebody had I'm going to interject I love Kit Kats, but I'm not going to get out of gas station. Get the fire extinguisher. Okay. So. Fire's out. I will say one of the benefits of getting a Kit Kat is that if you're like with your buddy in the car, someone's in the passenger mm-hmm. seat, maybe you don't tell them you're getting a Kit Kat. All of a sudden you sit wow. down, you turn the car on, take it out of your pocket. Look at this guy. Even if, whether it's two, whether it's four, it's crunch in half. Here you go, bud. We're watching a, br- a, a, a duo movie. A, from- I would say that's a negative. What? Oh. You would, Again, I, you I break going, it in I, half. I, it's I only two pieces. Ho- I was going for the Hollywood ending. 
Yes, but it has four. It, there's four pieces in a Kit Kat bar. What are you it's talking just the about? Bar. It's okay. Okay. It's I not feel a bag like we're going in circles. We're going in it's circles. Not a bag Am I wrong? Am I wrong, Doctor? Or is there not? Wait, four? you're not understanding what I'm saying. Yes. What is it? It doesn't matter if there's four or two. It's not a you bag can also or something. Break it into you know three if you want. Three is like, not a bag. You can break That's it into all eight. I'm saying. You can just keep going. I didn't say bag. I and you didn't say. I said like a Sour Patch Kids or a peanut peanut M and M's. Okay, but okay, but you It's a bag with twenty five to fifty pieces. I said that. Yep, no, you're changing your narrative now. You said All right, now you're just trying now you're to deviate bag. from what I said because you know I'm right. Moving on right. to my pieces. pick here. It has to come in pieces. Oh, my God. Why are you, you doing this? No one's surrendering. No one's surrendering. Oh, my God. All right, stop. I said stop. 25 <laughs> to 50 pieces in a bag. Okay. Now you, my you get it. pick we is get a drink. It. We get it. Not picking Ricky, you get a bunch brisk, of pieces. Brisk you're going to eat it in a couple bites. Brisk iced tea is my pick. Yeah. Well, he gets pieces, but he also gets a bag. Don't forget about it. Brisk iced tea. Brisk iced tea. So you're – you the relationship between Nez and Ricky Flix deteriorates as the seconds go by of this episode. Give me the leader. He goes from this massive argument and he takes the rival iced tea to Arizona, which Nez picked. Give me the leader. It's bigger and it's still 99 cents. And it's in a bottle. You can put a cap on it. It's not as good. It's in a bottle. Put a cap on it. It's a leader. There's different variations of it. You have the lemonade as well, iced tea lemonade or just let it get lemonade. Brisk. There's not, certainly not some angst variety. with this. You, you pick green tea, for the record. Not There's much, certainly not some variety. angst. Green tea, tough compared to iced tea. <laughs> All right. I'll give Brisk some credit for the early 2000s marketing, but other than that, I'll never, I never drink Brisk. It's, I feel I, like I, I don't even get hydrated. Better than green tea. I would, I would say, no, it's not. Yes. I'm not a green tea guy, but I like if you take if you have those brands next to one another, you want Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, that. D- yeah, I, going back to my hot pocket story, definitely you go went for the volume with that ninety nine cents. Yes. Okay. So you're and it's in a cap. Worth. Yeah. So that's that. I guess that is the argument for brisk. You do get more mm-hmm. for sure. But Arizona, I mean, if I would picked Arizona, I was going Artie Palmy. Like I would yeah. say probably that one. But it's but, still uh, under like it's still Arizona brand, so I thought that would have been beatable. No, yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I have you, the Google search yeah. pulled up, and I'm I was so ready to veto that. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I, you, you that would have that. been that would have been my pick. But the green tea falls under that umbrella, that farm system. So definitely in the minor leagues of that. But yes, in that farm <laughs> system. But brisk iced okay. tea will be my pick then. I don't think so. Easily. We are now I on think to the my final pick. The- Okay. Oh, go sorry. Go ahead, Ness. Go ahead, Ness. No, no, no. It is not the majority of people. The majority Green tea people better than will, iced tea. will rule against you. No, but, I'm saying about Arizona versus Brisk. Like the yes. majority oh, of the United States is ruling completely against agree you. with that. I completely agree with that. That wasn't my argument for it. All right, good. So I, put, put a cap on Brisk and, and put a cap on Flicks, too. How about that? Oh, please. <laughs> Green tea boy and beef jerky boy. Your car smells. <laughs> put a cap on it. <laughs> this argument's cap. This argument's cap. All right. Mr. Irrelevant. I need a chip. I feel like I have a very strong board right now, but I need something to really round us out. I'm going to go with something. It kind of goes against what I said with Ricky Flex with the Doritos. I'm going to go with Harvest Cheddar Sun Chips to round out this draft. It's um, not as sticky as Doritos. It will leave some substance on your fingers, but it's almost flaky enough that it will not stick to your wheel. If you're driving, it will come off on a napkin Doritos, you almost have to like suck your fingers like until they just become like orange themselves. Like your skin is literally orange. It's not even just the remnants on your hand. I'm gonna go to round out my draft, the harvest cheddar. What do you guys think? I like sunshine. I respect I respect it. 
sun chips my mouth watering now that that just that just brought me back to my family used to road trip to florida every year we used to eat sun chips a lot back in the day mm. i also once tried to make a concoction where i put a bunch of smarties in a w- bottle of water and let them sit there for the entirety of the trip and i tried to drink it at the end it was disgusting oh, oh jesus Jeez. You animal. <laughs> yeah. anyways we're off Age the rails all right let's go over these draft boards here uh we'll get down to honorable mentions so nez has beef jerky as uh his uh well, as his miscellaneous arizona uh arizona iced tea which will be the green tea type as his drink sour cream and onion as his chip empanada as his warm item and then kit kat as his candy we now move on to Ricky Flicks. For his chip, he has Doritos. For his candy, he has Sour Patch Kids. For his miscellaneous, he has Sunflower Seeds. For his warm item, he has pizza. And for his drink, he has Brisk Iced Tea. Dr. O, for his candy, he has Peanut M&Ms. For his warm snack, he has Taquitos. For a drink, he has Blue Squirt Bottle Gatorade, Light Blue. And then for miscellaneous, Toll House Cookie Sandwich. And then finally, for chips... Harvest, cheddar, sun chips. All right, honorable mentions. All right, hold on. Before we, we go even by get, category, before we, maybe before we get into the honorable ven- honorable mentions here, I just want to continue this feud with with Ricky Flex for a second. <laughs> I mean, if you My look God. at him, if you look at him right now, he just looks like a villain. It's just a black <laughs> screen yeah, behind him. So he I looks like, his so he looks the like windows, a Sith Lord in his like so dude, the windows. He, he, he looks like a dude. What's his name? Domhnall Gleeson in a Force Awakens, like the guy. So. At, like, you know right. what I'm talking about. So it was light out, but we've been recording for so long through all these feuds and top billing that it's now in dark night. And I haven't, I don't want to get up from my seat He's to turn on the all light. black. So, <laughs> it doesn't help my case. You so, look like you have a lightsaber, a red lightsaber in front of you. You I look evil then. as hell. Darth Vader. <laughs> I just Death have Lord, to comment on it because I just the look, pushed and back. I just see, I see Flix's floating head in a dark screen, you know, and I'm just, just like, like Snoke. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. My hair pushed back looked like Snoke, please. No, I know. Better than that, that, better that or worse than being of... called Artie Bucco. Oh, oh yeah. Jeez. Artie You're Bucco just causing chaos. Artie Bucco is Agent bad. of I, chaos. I, I'm over it, though. I'm over it. I, I always thought, I said before, I thought I was more of a Christopher Moltisanti than I am an Artie Bucco. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> All right, by category, maybe for these honorable mentions here. Uh, yeah, so honorable mentions here. Flick, what do you got? Want to do drinks first, maybe? Yeah, let's go with drinks. All right. Didn't want to veto because it's not applicable in every state, but beer. Beer would definitely only apply to some states. So I would definitely stay away from that. And uh, for me, my favorite energy drink is Red Bull. So I would have gone with Red Bull. Surprise Red Bull, didn't mm. get drafted. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm also surprised. Uh, slushy did not get drafted. Mm. True. Gas station slushies are a staple. I feel like that would have been a great miscellaneous pick too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, other I, ones I have are vitamin water and Sprite. Those are just the ones that I always buy when I'm at the gas station. <laughs> You're a big Sprite guy. Yeah. I, I got a little creative here. Uh, I brought up like the example. I, I would say three times of like doing yard work and then go getting a gas, going to a gas station. I think that makes up most of my gas station experiences when I'm not driving. Uh, Stewart's, like when they have those old fashioned sodas, and the they class. hit the spot if you're in the summer sun. Uh, Mountain Dew Code Red, I had for a soda. Oh yeah, and I had a cherry vanilla Dr Pepper mm-hmm. as my last one. Uh, any? Let's go to chips. Any chips that we left off? Uh, I like this might be a personal pick, 
but or personal, but Snyder's honey mustard pretzel pieces. I'm a big fan of those. Um, and then you have your staples like combos, bugles, Chex Mix. And Cheez-Its are more of a lunch snack, so that's why I didn't pick them. But I do Cheez-It love Cheez-Its. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I know you're a groove guy. I'm either. But I'll just go with the regular Cheez-Its if I picked it. I like to get groovy. I like Snyder's. I like the Buffalo che- the, the Ooh, Buffalo yeah. ones. Those, those, are are really good. Good. those are good. Um, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Yep. Mm-hmm. I always pick that. Amazing. And then Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Um, in terms of the Snyder's, I wouldn't have picked it for this draft, but if we were drafting like a college vending machine items, I would probably pick that first overall. Wow. Um, uh, and the chips that I really wanted to take, but like I knew this is like what I do when I'm like eating in a car by myself. I would never do this to someone because if I want to lick my fingers, I'm getting barbecue uh, <laughs> twist Fritos. Barbecue twist uh, Fritos are yummy. Stuff. And then uh, let's go to warm items. So it's got to be pretty short here. You missed hot dog. I guess that's one, but that's like you really are like you're going yeah. it off. You're getting a hot dog from like Seven Eleven. Uh, any other warm items that cross your mind? Nachos, not really. Nachos, nachos really oh, yeah. Nachos, that maybe sauce. like a Cumberland Farms like bacon, egg, and cheese, sauce, egg, and cheese, or something. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's really the extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also we mis- miscellaneous. Any uh, any ideas that are a little out there that we didn't uh, pick up on? Uh, again. For me, like I looked at this draft not by driving, just by getting something at the gas station. Ice cream, like a pint of Ben and Jerry's, I get that mm-hmm. a lot. Or a Hagen Hagen whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Again, you go uh, home, like you just go into the gas station, you know, to pick something out, and you go back home or you go somewhere else. So that's a little out there, pick. Yeah, and then there's uh, I'd say gum. Yep, big league chew. When you said that's baseball, huge one. When you said baseball. Like, I thought, like, oh, maybe someone's going to pick Big League Chew as a miscellaneous here. I yeah. am gum. <laughs> <laughs> well, move, boys. Sausage party. That was a yeah. good, that was a great impression. Um, <laughs> wow. Excellent job. Hard. Excellent job. Um, uh, any other miscellaneous? Slim Jims. Slim Jims, Trail Mix, Peanuts. Trail Mix, yeah. Planters, like planters, peanuts, honey roasted, whatever you like. Famous, you know famous I cookies here? I like. You know what I put on here? Uh, Choco Taco, if we're getting specific. Mm. And then I also put on, um, this is what I've been indulging in for like, I would say the last year, like peanut butter crackers. Like they're right by the desk there. I usually just grab like a six or a 12 pack, probably a 12 pack. Mm. And then I just like plop them on there and I just open them up and I just rip through a pack in about a minute. Similar to Cheez-Its where you think lunch. But it's a gas station item too. Where it's like where I'm being like, like fake healthy. I'm like, oh, like <laughs> peanut butters and crackers. Like this is a healthy snack. But then you mm-hmm. remember it's like the elf yeah. guys making it, you know? Yeah. And I guess um, the only other one I would say is a protein bar, Cliff Bar, Gatorade, Energy Bar, you know? I, I, not my favorite, but something that I get at a gas station from time to power time. Power bar guy? Not recently, but I used to be definitely. <laughs> Water. <laughs> Did you guys have roasted me if I drafted water as my drink? No. It's essential to live. It's just like yeah. the bar. You get it. That's, that's, that's not a bad pick. Wouldn't have hated uh, it. Would have liked it better than we, green tea, honestly. What are we missing here? So any, uh, any, uh, let's, let's kind of wrap up here. Any candy, I guess, the uh, honorable mentions that you wish Reese's Pieces, Starburst. Okay. Skittles, Skittles. They come in a bag. They come in I don't pieces. like. I'm not the biggest Skittles guy. Oh, but they come in a bag and they come in pieces. How could I you like not M&M's. like M&M's? <laughs> M&M's was my number one. Dr. O took it. They're not even comparable. There's apples and oranges here. All right. Okay. I love, I can't wait to listen back to this draft. Uh, 
All right. That's going to do it for our draft of gas station food. <laughs> what a, an electric episode. Th- thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the 52nd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are at the Drive-In Pod. Uh, check out our YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, make sure to let us know that you're listening on Instagram screenshot that you're listening post it on your story we'll give you a shout out on the pod we got merch coming soon we got shirts coming soon right so that's going to be available soon maybe we'll give them out as some prizes right if maybe if you repost the 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 show Mm -hmm. we'll give you a little something something movie realties uh good collaborator with the pod they sell t-shirts as well where we got the, like all the our t-shirts with the Mortal Kombat, Scarface, Mike Kelly Kapowski, like a bunch of, there's a Sandlot on there, different MCU and DCEU characters on there. Definitely check that out. Movie Realties. Great call. That does it for that 52nd episode of The Drive-In Podcast.